From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. In Nebraska, we continue our work to recover from the storm which hit our state at the end of February. The impact of this storm continues to be felt across our state, particularly by our ag producers. North Carolina has been hit by two hurricanes in as many years, with thousands of people displaced, homes destroyed, and livelihoods lost. Those were Republican and Democratic lawmakers on the House floor last week urging passage of a disaster aid package, which is what we want to take a look at today. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker and editor of the CQ Budget Newsletter. And joining me again today is Kelly Madrick, who covers the appropriations process for CQ. Thanks for being here, Kelly. Thanks, David. And so last week, the House did pass another version of its disaster aid package, whose price tag seemed to grow by the minute. What began as a $14 billion package in January has now become a $19 billion measure as more hurricanes, floods, and other disasters keep happening in various parts of the country. Kelly, you covered that vote uh, last week. Give us some of the highlights. What's in this bill? So this is a pretty huge package at this point. Uh, topping $19 billion, as you said. And you heard on the floor, as, as, we, as we just heard, a top appropriator, uh, Congressman David Price, Democrat of North Carolina, and Adrian Smith, Republican of Nebraska, both on the floor saying, we need to move this legislation now. Both come from disaster-hit states. so Exactly. And so despite President Donald Trump's efforts to make this a really partisan vote on the floor, which he partially succeeded and it ultimately passed with only, you know, 34 Republicans supporting it. Um, There was some real bipartisanship on the floor that you saw from both sides of frustration over the lack of movement of this disaster money, frustration over the way the Department of Housing and Urban Urban Development is moving on uh, some of the regulations related to disaster money, and just an overall sense of exasperation that politics continue to weigh down movement of this package. Remember, there was another version of this, $3 billion less compared to when it was introduced. Of course, they added about $2 billion worth of amendments on the floor that was sent over the Senate in January. But, Jan- but it's, it's, it's been stalled there because senators cannot agree on certain key details of the package related to immigration and what, as well as Puerto Rico. Yeah. And the longer this goes on, the more disasters we seem to have. So the House added $3 billion, as you say, to cover some floods in the Midwest, right? Yeah. And, you know, there's also some other stuff from tornadoes, um, other types of flooding. And then you think about how the wildfires out west, wildfires out west. And then and then, of course, there's all these 2018 disasters that weren't fully funded from last appropriation season because Republicans, when they controlled the House in 2018, wanted to pass a disaster package right in the lead up to the government shutdown. They were trying to move this money and failed. So this is something that Congress has been trying to do for a long time. But the problem is that there just seems to be issue after issue that pops up in the Senate, and they can't get a grip on moving it to the president. Yeah, so we should say, even though this this passed the House pretty easily, and there were some Republicans coming on board, most did not. This was still a partisan bill in the in the end. Yeah, and most of those Republicans were from disaster-affected states. Who, right. If you think about where they're at, 
they probably have no choice but to support the bill because what are their constituents going to say? Oh, right. you didn't move $19 billion for us and we're sitting here trying to rebuild our homes. We're still, you know, homeless, still But there weren't enough of those people. And so this is still an overwhelmingly Democratic bill that still doesn't have enough bipartisan support. I think there is some serious momentum on the Senate side just because of the way that, you know, the Senate is made up. There's... <laughs> you know, two representatives from each state. So there's kind of more of an outsized support for something like this. But because of the political nature of it right now and this ongoing fight about the island territory of Puerto Rico and this ongoing fight about immigration that the president is trying very hard to inject into this debate, it's it's just not really moving in the upper chamber. Yeah, it does seem like the real action is on the Senate side, because if there is a compromise that's going to emerge, it's going to come from the Senate appropriators. Right? And we've seen this kind of negotiation triangle, right, where we have the top Democrat on the Senate Appropriations Committee, Senate Appropriations Chairman Richard Shelby of Alabama, and then OMB, and they're kind of making it pretty public that, yeah, the Office of Management and Budget, they're making it pretty public that they're having these kind of these kind of three-sided talks about what's appropriate. We saw that bubble up last week when um, Chairman Shelby basically called out the White House for slowing down the disaster package and said it had to do with this really kind of obscure harbor maintenance trust fund issue. It's like a budget carve out for harbor dredging and maintenance. And yeah, he, talk about an obscure issue when there's billions of dollars in disaster relief at stake. And it's, it's But Shelby's pushing hard for this provision. He is because, you know, there's a huge port in Mobile. Right. It's got a big huge project right now. You know, extra dredging money that goes outside the spending caps. That would be great. Yeah, we should say this is a a trust fund for harbor maintenance that Shelby wants. And they have the money because it's 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 financed through this import tax, but they're not allowed to spend it all because it counts against the budget caps, and so then it would tie them from spending other things. So Shelby wants this provision to to, to spend the money outside of the budget caps, right? Yeah, and this and is and the a, White House is refusing to do that. They call it a twenty-two billion dollar gimmick, but when you unpack that, the barge operators and the shippers that agreed to pay this tax are outraged that they don't have a budget carve out because they're paying the tax into this fund. But then when the fund is expended, it comes out as like government spending, even though it's the barge operator's money. And so they've been wanting this for years. Every time there's a major transportation bill, it gets taken out, gets taken out in conferences. So Shelby seemed to be putting his foot down. But kind of the larger effect that it had on the disaster debate was that Shelby was seen in public opposition to the White House. And the White House puts out a statement, you know, senior administration official says, this is a huge gimmick. We're not going to support it. And it's not a very so good. So that look. just makes the talks even tougher if you have if you have the Republican chairman fighting the White House. Exactly, and in the Senate, that's that's kind of uh, not the best face you want to put yeah. forward when you're trying to finish up a debate, supposedly. But as, aside from this obscure harbor maintenance issue, there's two big sticking points to this disaster bill. And one has always been Puerto Rico. Explain a little what this is about. So there's this ongoing fight largely between Democrats on in both chambers and the president about aid for Puerto Rico. Which was hit by two hurricanes, we should say, in 2017 and devastated the island. And one of the major problems was that Puerto Rico's electric grid and infrastructure was already in a really shoddy state before the storm happened. So right. there's this ongoing negotiation where largely Democrats want to see um, some ch- policy changes to crack open disaster aid for this island territory. There's also this whole 
you know, longstanding and, and very kind of difficult debate on how Puerto Rico has not been treated equally. They get block grants for Medicaid, for example. It's not an um, open entitlement like it is in, on the continental United States. And so this becomes kind of a proxy for the fact that these people are being ignored from the point of view of Democrats and then Republicans with President Donald Trump, you know, as as the megaphone from rallies, for example, saying, look, we've given so much money to Puerto Rico already. They should be grateful. He resounds this message on Twitter. Yeah, he just does not want any more aid to go there. Exactly. And then you saw it kind of hit a, a fever pitch when it got to this rally last week where Trump incorrectly said that there was $91 billion in aid money that's been sent to Puerto Rico. We've never given $91 billion to a state. We've never given. We gave to Puerto Rico $91 billion. That was some kind of internal OMB estimate about something else that he stated. And then you had Democrats come out the next day, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer of New York, saying, you know, this could have all been over. And the only reason that the disaster aid package is not done is because President Donald Trump doesn't want to treat Puerto Rican citizens like U.S. citizens. Of course, he said that Puerto Ricans should be grateful for whatever disaster aid they've received as a pretext for not doing more. Does he say that to the people of Florida? You shouldn't get any more aid because you've received some already and you should be grateful? Of course not. Double standard. Although Shelby has made an offer to Democrats to provide a lot more aid to Puerto Rico and to get some of the long held up aid money flowing. Exactly. But we don't know where that stands right now. The talks are still deadlocked. We don't know where that stands. And then another, you know, just to kind of segue into the other major issue, immigration, the House keeps sending the Senate bills that have restrictions on how extra military construction money can be used because they are, Democrats are really upset about President Donald Trump diverting military construction money to pay for the U.S.-Mexico border wall. And so there's this kind of, you know, instinct from the Democrats that if they don't have this prohibition, then President Donald Trump's going to take all the money from this disaster repair and somehow put it toward the wall. That would be really politically difficult to do, especially in a place like Florida, where Tyndall Air Base said by May 1st they don't have enough money anymore to continue repairs from when they were hit by a hurricane. Yeah, well, Trump hasn't yet threatened to, to use this disaster money for the border wall, but he has said he wants to include in this package $4.5 billion for, to address humanitarian needs at the border. And that was in a supplemental request sent on May 1st, the same day that Tyndall said As a separate request, and now they're trying to combine it into this disaster aid package, which Democrats are opposed to. Democrats oppose combining them because they don't trust that Trump will spend this money at the border the way they would want to without without changing immigration policies that they find uh, too severe. Simply another layer on an already complicated package that has too many layers by many people's view to begin with. So, you know, it's, it's really a difficult difficult negotiation right now and every day it seems that the the sticking point or the major problem changes which tells me that there's more than one and it's really not resolved at this point right so we'll keep our eye on the disaster aid talks as a deadline nears because senate leaders have said they want to vote on this before the memorial day recess and here's what to look for this week in other budget news House appropriators plan to advance three more of their fiscal 2020 spending bills. The defense, the energy water, and the interior environment bills are all scheduled to get subcommittee markups on Wednesday. 
And the Senate Budget Committee is trying to revive efforts to overhaul the broken budget process. You might remember a special committee created to recommend changes couldn't agree on anything last year. So now budget writers are starting over, beginning with a hearing on Tuesday. That does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email note at cqpodcast at cqrollcall.com. My thanks again to Kelly Madrick, our appropriations reporter, for joining me. Thanks, Kelly. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, you can stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and rate us on iTunes or find us on Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or you can just Google CQ Budget Podcast. And for more budget news, subscribe to CQ.com or visit RollCall.com or find us on Twitter. The handle is at CQNow or at RollCall. See you next week.